people and welcome to episode 31 of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people. And I am your ever hopeless host, Donna Scott, child genius, disappointing adult. How are you? I am very well, thank you for asking. Of course, it's not very long since the last episode that I recorded for you because last week was a bit of disaster. I have got news and things for you. First of all, the rather exciting news that this is once again a top 20 performing podcast. So thank you last week for anybody who interacted with this podcast. Anytime anybody listens to it or clicks like or interacts in any way, leaves a review, it pushes this podcast back up the charts. So thank you to everybody listening. You have all warmed the cockles of my heart and the whelks. And you may have seen from my social media that the trailer is now out for the Mitch Jenkins and Alan Moore film, The Show. That is the film that I am very, 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 very briefly in. And due to COVID-19, the premiere has been pushed back. Uh, It was supposed to be at a festival earlier in the year, but it's now going to be released next year. But the trailer's out. It looks flipping awesome. And of course, it stars Tom Burke. Ooh, Tom Burke. I like him. As well as all the greater good of Northampton Cultural Society and a few other familiar faces, such as Andrew O'Neill, a comedian who, like me, likes the colour black, raucous sounding music and the absurd. Although he does tend to look better in makeup than me. But perhaps the most exciting news of all is that I've only gone and got myself a flipping live gig. Yeah, I'm afraid you've got to wait until the 25th of November to see me in the flesh, and it's in Nottingham. But yeah, I've I've got myself a gig at the Canal House in Nottingham. Blimey, heck. This this industry is like, it's crippled. It really is. I am so grateful for the opportunity to gig at all, even though it's just one gig and it's very far away. I haven't actually gigged at the Canal House for, I reckon, 10 years. The last time I was there was during Nottingham Comedy Festival. It must be longer ago than that. Now, I'm not sure it was the very last gig I played at Nottingham Canal House, but this is the last one I can remember, or the one that is sticking in my mind. And that was during Nottingham Comedy Festival. And I had booked the room above the Canal House for a mixed bill show. And that was with myself and Neil. He might have been gigging as you and Kershaw then, but I'm not entirely sure. I was me. And also on my bill, we had Pete Smith and we had Ben Briggs. And if anybody is aware of Ben's act, he has been quite irreverent and quite a choice user of language for many, many years now. (laughs) Right. So... We were about to gig when we were told by the venue organisers that they didn't want any swearing. I think what had happened was the night had been mixed up with a 1940s tea dance. So the walls were covered in like camouflage, you know, that netting stuff. Uh, I can't think what it's called. though. I flipping sell it. (laughs) 
and there were people doing the jitterbug in between all the shows. And there had been a number of mixed bill shows throughout the day. So we were like one of three um, in a row. So I can't remember quite who was on before us, but I know that Darren Harriet had been in the show before us. And I'm not saying it's Darren's fault, but the people who were running the 1940s thing were very upset at the language. So they came to us and they said, if there's any more language, we're going to stop the comedy. So I said to Ben, (laughs) apparently we've got to tone it down on the language. And Ben went, oh yeah, okay, I will. And then he just carried on, everything Jeffin. <laughs> and I, my face was like kind of pale. And I went up to him and I said, they'd said to us to tone down the swears. And he went, I did. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I can't think who was on afterwards. It was definitely Heather Narney was on afterwards. And um, I think Dan Smith and a few other people. And... um yeah, when they got to the venue, they were told that they weren't allowed to perform. <laughs> but, you know, they got to go to Leicester Forest East services and we all we all had a pasty on the way home and all was well. <laughs> Flipping tea dance. I've had a few gigs like that, I can tell you, where there's like somebody said it's a good idea to mix events up. I know, I know exactly what will go with this wartime tea dance event. Let's have Donna doing her jokes about <laughs> her underwear <laughs> and Iggy Pop. <laughs> Pete Smith with his laminated sheep and Ben Briggs with all the swears in the world. Oh, if you want to know what Ben Briggs is like, he's got a podcast. I can heartily recommend it. He was recording hundreds of shows and he remains consistently in the charts with his podcast even though he hasn't done an episode since July go and check him out but anyway I am super happy to have a gig in the diary again it's amazing I'm so happy and another thing that has cheered me up honestly within the last 10 minutes I've just finished on the whatsapp to my brother he has been helping me tinker with my website because I had downloaded a plugin of super efficient anti-spam and it has basically slowed my website down so much to the point that people were having trouble accessing the site. So it was a little bit, a little bit excessive. And after talking to the boffins at Clean Talk and getting my brother to work on the case, I now have an efficient working website. Do go check me out www.donna-scott.co.uk I've now got a gig I can put on my website. Mm. Well, hasn't it been a crazy, wacky week news-wise? I don't even want to think about what the truth is behind whether or not Trump is actually ill, whether he's not ill, what drugs he's taking, what planet he's on. I'm going to put that all out of my mind. And just think about really good things like the fact that it's nearly goth Christmas. Yes, it's nearly Halloween. Um, And I'm aware that as a middle-aged white woman, I've got to be kind of careful in saying that I really like the taste of 
mixed spice and things because I've started putting that in porridge. But, you know, it, that's a, what we call quite a Karen thing, isn't it? Pumpkin spice. <laughs> As in, not terribly spicy. <laughs> I want to see the manager. But I love this time of year with the, the nights drawing in. Yeah, what I really love about all the costume parties and things that happen over Halloween is that I can just delve into what is essentially my normal wardrobe and make something up out of that. So last year I just put a wig on and then I was Sabrina the middle-aged witch. Just used the rest of my clothes. (laughs) And in previous years at work I have worn this white bat-winged two-piece outfit which was my first ball gown as Bride of Frankenstein and also I've used that as a Princess Leia costume. But I don't know what we're going to do this year because I don't think anywhere's going to have any parties apart from online parties and I'm kind of fed up of dressing up for online things now. I don't even bother putting makeup on anymore. It's really sad. Um, This whole thing where you go bottomless while you're on Zoom. Sometimes I've gone topless as well. You know, if the camera's up so far, they can't tell, can they? Ooh, that's an interesting scarf. It's actually my skin. But it's certainly an excuse to read a few horror books, watch a few horror films, wear things with skulls on them, eat pumpkin, eat sweets. Except I probably won't be eating too many sweets. Neither will I have any for any potential trick-or-treaters because I don't want any sweets in the house now. I have put on so much weight. I blame still... (laughs) That Fast 800 diet, because honestly, we've made it up since then. (laughs) We've made up the the fact that we were starving and I nearly went blind by pigging out and drinking cider. And it's all got to stop now, because otherwise I'm going to look fat for real Christmas, never mind goth Christmas. I am very nearly the same weight as I was when I had a massive tumour inside me. The size of a baby. All of that is furlough merlot, lockdown luggage. I am disgusted with myself. But this podcast is all about being positive. So I am going to basically start on a health kick. You can join me if you want to. If you don't, don't worry. But I would appreciate being cheered along. That would be awesome. So I'm on my fitness pal. I've got that I'm starting to log all my meals I have got my Fitbit I'm in a Fitbit group so if you want to challenge me if you want to join me in a Fitbit group let me know and I'll I'll add you and we'll do challenges and we can do get fit bingo that's really good okay so now it's time for my news jack rejects from last week there won't be so many next week because I have been spending a lot of time this weekend writing stuff that I actually find funny about things I want to write about. So I've neglected to write a sketch this week, but I'm pretty sure I can manage some one-liners by tomorrow. But I'll start off with my sketch. I mentioned last week my sketch was a little bit rushed at the end and I, I swore to myself that I would not rush the end of this sketch. I basically had just enough time to edit the lines over so a funnier line finished the sketch than was in the middle but it's still nah. anyway 
this is my sketch and it's a sketch called Trump dodges things. I suppose it's still quite apt given all the things he's managed to dodge this week. Anyway, Trump dodges things. We have known Donald Trump to have dodged a few things over the years. The draft for Vietnam, the rain at war memorials, his daughter Tiffany. But now we can also say he has been dodging paying his taxes as the New York Times has revealed this week, and all he has left are his businesses, which are leaking money. If Trump were a biscuit, would he be a jammy dodger? No, he'd be an orange failing golf club. But just the wrapper, as the biscuit has already gone. Trump is so good at dodging things, though, could he have actually excelled at a different career? Consider yourself at home. Consider Read all yourself. about it. Poor Massive spike in poverty. Citizens enforced to perform song and dance routines to cheer everyone up and forget about the crime. Britain's got talent returns, but talent is a euphemism for pickpockets. What I say, I say. This is not good for poor old Boris. Does anyone have any food? I have supped on some thin gruel, but I will be rather partial to more. Did you say you were hungry? I am good at finding food. The best food. KFC, natural chicken cottage, the real deal. That would be rather jolly lovely of you. You're in luck, pal. The streets may not be paved with gold, but I do have an elevator that's tiled with gold. And a gold toilet. Nice and warm. Good for tweeting on. When it comes to advice, I have the best advice. I wrote the book, The Artful Dodger of the Deal. It's the best book I haven't actually read other than the Bible. In fact, it's shorter, so it's even better. Marvellous. Do you have lodgings? I have hotels. But I also have golf clubs, even here in this shit country. You can stay in one of those whenever you like. They have fairways, greens, clubhouses, person, woman, man, camera, TV, even bunkers. Except I never have seen any bunkers. No matter what anyone says. Well, can we go there? Why, sure you can. You can come and join me and my pals in business. They call me a pickpocket, but that's fake news. All I can say is I'm sorry. What was I thinking? And like I was saying last week, my one-liners, I was really struggling with them. So, more not funny things. No, no they were okay in the end. Um, I managed to submit a full house. But it was really painful trying to find anything funny in the news last week. So, here's my breaking news. A fully tattooed teacher in France has been sacked after his pupils said his tattoos gave them nightmares. Looks like the kids finally found a way to get under the teacher's skin. Boris Johnson wants Britain to build back greener, saying Britain could be the Saudi Arabia of wind power, which is a great idea, but he can stop flogging it now. Scientists have created a microscopic walking robot that's invisible to the naked eye. A robot that small could be used to hunt and kill cancer cells or find Donald Trump's tax returns. I mean, that's just too flipping obvious, isn't it? And I'm not even sure I like my number two. I think that's (laughs) painful. And here are my good weeks, bad weeks, which are better. Good week, bad week. It's been a good week for young footballers in Wales as their parents have been banned from smoking during their matches. It's been a bad week for the refs as they were getting abuse screamed at them anyway, but now it's extra cranky. It's been a bad week for workers at Burn and Matthews Turkey Processing Plant where there has been an outbreak of COVID-19. 
It's been a good week for the turkeys as the slowdown in production has given them even more time for their annual Christmas vote. It's been a bad week for bargain hunters after which revealed £100 million of vouchers expired during the lockdown. It's been a better week for those who kept their expired vouchers as we're about to have toilet roll shortages again. I like my number one joke. I like my number two joke. But I was just struggling with number three, I think. And why couldn't I find any decent topics to write about? Anyway, those are off my hard drive. I've got rid of them. Cannot recycle any of those. Anyway, I'm going to not write any more Boris Trump sketches if I can help it. Because if I find it painful to have to perform them, then the cash surely do as well. I think they'd like to perform something else. If I was them, I'd be really fed up. But I've got to pity anybody who is involved with sketch writing at this time. Spitting images come back and they tried to be a little bit more on the pulse. Like they've clearly had some sketches which were written a long time ago. And some that are just um, reacting to the latest news. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it was all right, wasn't it? It was all right, but spitting image. It's just, um, it's still quite gross. And I'm, I don't like things that gross me out. Having just watched a really classic episode of Spitting Image, anytime like the puppets like have dripping noses or anything, I don't like it. And in this one, I got weirded out by um, Donald Trump's bottom or his extended colon as people have put it and also perhaps more so uh, Prince Harry chopping his nose off but as I pointed out um, Greta Thunberg I think she's quite a cute puppet and I say that even though it flipping looks like me doesn't it and I I could do that it's like tomorrow's weather will be hot (laughs) yeah just to yeah, it won't. It'll be really cold. <laughs> I just miss being able to do an impression of her in my sketches like I did last year. It's quite good. I can do that, isn't it? I should join a black metal group or something. Oh, I'm just noticing the news that the reason that the test and trace results have been so wrong is because... They were submitted in CSV file format to Public Health England, who then picked the XLS file format in Excel to pull the data together, and they just missed off loads of cases. And people are going, why are they doing that? Why are they just doing that? Listen, most people have no idea that a lot of public bodies are just scraping by on really old tech because they just don't want to spend the budget on anything even just software licenses because it doesn't matter to them <laughs> they even if it make, means people have to work harder at making that data right they don't care corporations couldn't get away with that kind of thing because they have to be fast and responsive but i'm not surprised at all flipping excel <laughs> it's from 1987 I've written a script about biscuits that I'm going to be putting together this week. Um, But the next thing I've got planned is how technology is often portrayed so incorrectly in film and TV. But (laughs) 
one thing you never see in film and TV when say like they've got um like the police they're looking over some files they're examining CCTV they're pulling the the images like this they don't have them referring to like a 1987 <laughs> software <laughs> which they have to put through an emulator so that it works on Windows 2000 <laughs> because they won't update their systems <laughs> crazy you don't think of that but oh jeez so let's put this into context if you're not a you know a spreadsheet buff like what I am so if you think about video games you think about what you can do with video games now so 1987 is when they had just brought out R-Type. R-Type was so basic, I could probably program it. The very first Street Fighter came out in 1987 as well. And what else is on this list here I've got in front of me? Um, oh, Rastan. Rastan was released in 1987. <laughs> Neil wants to say something. Neil has just interrupted me to say he's watching Star Cops from 1987. Ooh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on the Nintendo. You know, when Mike Tyson was famous for actually punching boxers and not biting their ears, or other kinds of assault. Or, let's face it, being the naming inspiration for loads of Staffordshire Bull Terriers whose owners can't walk them without a four-pack of Stella. Anyway, we're talking the end of the 8-bit era. 1987! <laughs> what was I doing in 1987? I was writing I Love Philip Schofield in my diary and wondering where Steve Silk Hurley, who wrote Jack Your Body, had disappeared to. I was swanning about with me perm, me herringbone coat on and blue clip-on earrings to match the blue mascara I would wear on occasion. Like George Michael <laughs> of the time, I experimented with bright citrus fashion colours, ski pan and, and fishtail shirts. Shortly before I ditched it all and started wearing black a lot. I am almost 100% sure if you could sniff me in 1987, I would probably smell of dewberry. But I was too poor to actually buy it. So we just mooch around the shop every Saturday. And you know those like bottles they had with the glass like sticks dipped in the dewberry. I would just smear enough of that over my coat to last a week. I'm just looking to see if there were any big grossing films in 1987 that had something to do with business. And I'm finding The Secret of My Success, which is apparently about Michael J. Fox being enticed to sleep with the boss's wife um, and not learn how to use Excel. Oh my God, 1987, The Princess Bride. So basically, these guys were using software that was as old as The Princess Bride. They had better be among the people campaigning for The Princess Bride not to be remade because it's too new. There's only one thing I could say about use of flipping XLS. Inconceivable. Anyway, I think I have chatted on for quite long enough this week. So I will bid you farewell for a whole week. Fingers crossed. This is Donna Scott signing out. You've been listening to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love you. Also check out Donna Scott Comedy on YouTube and my website, donna-scott.co.uk. Music, It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle on Flush Your Rolex EP.